Homesteads and Homeschools as part of the Liberty Hippie Podcast Network. If you like what we do, be sure to check out This Week in Liberpods, Peace Freaks, Cannabis Heals Me, and Free Markets Green Earth. We're living proof that libertarian doesn't mean washed up Republican. Hey, hey, glad to hear you. Well, I guess I'm not hearing you. I'm glad you're hearing me right now. How about that? Welcome back to Homesteads and Homeschools. I'm your host, the Liberty Hippie, here with you for episode number 77, which means you can find the show notes at homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash 077. My guest today is uh, the regressive poet, Mr. Eric Brooks. He is a homeschooling dad. He's, uh, you know, out there with his, his kids. Talked to him about uh, their experience um, homeschooling and, and what they have done. And we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, some things here and there. And uh, about uh, midway through, his, his wife came on and joined us. And uh, it was a fun little conversation. And I hope you guys will enjoy it. Uh, he did not plug it because, I don't know, he's a, he's a humble kind of guy, I guess. So I will plug it for him. He has a book out on Amazon that I will put in the show notes and you should go check it out. So his, uh, his writing and stuff. So definitely go take a peek at that. I will put that in the show notes. I think I just said that. I can't remember. It's been a long day, folks. Uh, leave me alone. All right. So yeah, let's, let's go play at those Liberty Seeds with, uh, Mr. Eric Brooks. It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the baffled king. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. My guest today is uh, Mr. Eric Brooks. This is the, the second time we're starting this. I don't know. This is like twice in a month and a half that I've, I've done this. And year and a half. I've, I've never done it. So anyway, uh, we're back again. And uh, Eric is a homeschooling father. And uh, we're going to talk about all that good stuff that, that goes with it. Um, so Eric, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on and, and bearing with me here. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right. So um, we we had talked briefly there about, about your kids. So I know you have um, a number of them. So how, how, how many kids do you have? What How... What's the oldest? What's the youngest? How does that look? So there are uh, five kids from uh, from nine to one. So they're basically just every two years, nine, seven, five, three, and one. And it uh, worked out nice. The three oldest are girls and the two littlest are boys. All right. All right. They, uh, they take care of the younger ones a little bit? They do pretty well, which is, I mean, my wife and I didn't come from big families. She just, my wife just has one twin brother. I have an older sister and a younger sister. I'm kind of in the middle. So. Um, and we're spaced out more like every four years. Okay. It's, it's definitely the big family culture is something I wasn't raised with, but it's uh, kind of amazing to see how much responsibility they take for the little ones. Yeah. I'm, I'm still waiting on that. Um, we have four and, uh, you know, I'm kind of, kind of waiting on that a little bit. Our, our oldest is, uh, he, he will be responsible for them, um, if he needs to be, but sometimes it's just like, man, can you just, just help out a little bit more? Our, our, second oldest uh daughter though she's she's pretty good so we 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 hang in on that so but um so yeah home homeschooling um 
What what did you do for school coming up? Uh, I just I went through twelve years of public school. Uh, did you you enjoy it, or did you, was it something you kind of? I mean, growing up, I didn't really like it, and I, it's hard to say why exactly. So I was always good in school, like I could get good grades and do whatever. But I just, you know, I I failed out of eleventh uh, grade AP English because we read Thoreau, and I thought that was cool. So I just stopped coming into class and went for walks in the woods instead. Uh, so it was kind of, I had this weird thing where I was very good in school if I applied myself just a little bit, but I just somehow didn't like the school, you know, atmosphere. Yeah. I, I, I don't blame you. I think there's a lot of people like that, that, um, do well and, and could do better if the, the situation was better suited for them, you know, made, made more sense to them. But it's curious, the, uh, Thoreau. It, it's something I didn't read Thoreau until later, and it was kind of like, oh, I, I missed this. I, interesting, but had a, a lot of impact. Um, really an interesting guy when you get down to, you know, it's because I think everybody thinks about Thoreau and they think about like all the nature stuff he did, you know, walking around Walden and all that. And you get into some of his other stuff, like the like civil disobedience and really like where he came from. And it's just wild, you know, because those are the things that like I never learned about until I was an adult later in life and I was reading and going through things on my own, like, Oh, that's, that's what he was talking about. That was, was going on. So did you guys ever get into that at all in high school? Like his sort of dis distaste, distrust for the state? Well, I don't know if he would have said distrust for the state probably, <laughs> but um, I, I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, you know, uh, a notoriously left leaning city. So they definitely sort of introduced him as sort of uh someone we should know about in the history of activism, I guess you could put it. Yeah. A little bit, but I didn't have the same perspective on it then as I do now. I, and it's, it's wild how that happens, how you kind of, depending on your, where you are in life, the, the different things you, you pick up and, and notice and are given. But was your, was your public school experience anything that, um, I guess when you decided to homeschool your kids, um, did you guys look back at your public school experience at all? Or was it, uh, what kind of push you guys into that decision? Um, I mean, I guess originally just we both, I was, we both converted to Catholicism in our okay. early twenties and we just were like, you know, I don't, what we want to have an education isn't the same as what the state's going to be given. So, I mean, I guess it kind of started with religious reasons, but then just looking back at ways I just didn't like the organization of a classroom and looking at how naturally my kids learned on their own without, you know, a lot of structure. I kind of grew out of those, you know, religious criticisms into, a, I guess, a more, um, I guess you could say, a more anarchist critique of the school system. How soon after you converted was your was your daughter headed off to school or was going to be in that school age range? Oh, uh, not for a while. She was born maybe two years after that. Okay. Um, but I don't think we'd ever really thought about putting her in public school particularly. Yeah. Did you guys uh, toy with the, the private school? at all or not too much i mean we're a one income family and mm -hmm. we knew we were going to have you know more than a couple kids where it didn't didn't make sense financially yeah yeah it's uh it's one of those things you know private school it it can be expensive and i think sometimes i almost feel like it, it goes to the same uh same uh idea you know um they are they are free to to they they have less restriction, but they still have some some restrictions that they have to adhere to, you know. Um, so it's not total 
total freedom from the the public school system. Uh, but uh, so is that were you and your wife on the same page, kind of when school came around, or? I'd say so. We, I mean, we really struggled with it first. I think we originally had bought, just sort of bought a curriculum thinking that'd be the easiest way to get started. Um, but at that point, our older daughter is ready for school, but she already had, you know, two younger siblings who weren't. So it was just, it became impossible to actually just keep her on a normal school schedule and say like, you know, today you must do, <laughs> you know, this math, you must read this chapter of your math book and fill out this worksheet. Um, but then we just sort of saw how she progressed you know, that she particularly just really liked math. And sometimes she would do two or three sections a day on her own and then other things she wasn't as interested in. I just, you know, I guess maybe at first because of our incompetence, but later because, you know, just of her natural inquisitiveness, we sort of realized that we didn't need a, we didn't need as much of the structure or the organized curriculum as we thought we did. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny how that goes, you know, like when you first, I think for a lot of people, when they first kind of get into homeschooling, when they first start thinking about it, you know, it, it's, it's, and, and we still do it. Um, you know, you want to almost implement the sort of public school structure of having to do these, you know, these five subjects and you have to get X, Y, Z done today. And if we don't get it done, we're, we're behind and try to, to implement that under your own roof. Um, you know, it doesn't, and like you said, you have, you have things that get in the way. And I know families who do that, who literally have a classroom with a chalkboard and desks set up in the basement. And I mean, that works fine for them. I don't, I wouldn't discourage someone from doing yeah. that if they want that. No. And, and that's it. You do, you do what works, you know, and if that works for you, we, and I, I think a lot of people start that way and, and realize that number one, you don't have to do it that way. And number two, like, it might not work for you. It might not work for your kids. Um, you know, but we, uh, so what, what, uh, do you recall what, what curriculum you guys kind of started with? I think the run we originally got was, um, Thomas Aquinas Academy. And they, they had a cool idea that, you know, for their history, it would go through the same subject at different levels. So we liked that, you know, that, you know, of our, if our eight-year-old and our seven-year-old or something were learning the same thing, they might both be learning about the Civil War, say, but they'd be learning about it with different books at their own levels. So I like the idea behind that. We just didn't have good luck with the program. Kind of incorporated, I guess, that idea, though. It's uh, It could be tough, you know, to to find the curriculum that, that fits all the ways that you want it to fit or, or does all the things you want it to do and then implement it in a way that's right or in a way that is is i don't know beneficial for for your kids um did you guys what did you do after that did you guys kind of move on to your own thing or uh kind of i think we just started well it's sort of funny we i guess we just started reading whole books on our own um and just started using because I, mean, I i read a lot so i just started picking up books that i thought were good that i would like to read with the kids yeah did and reading aloud together. And later I discovered that that was called a Charlotte Mason approach to education, which I'd never heard of, but it turns out that's pretty much what I was doing. Right on. Right. On. So, um, were you, what kind of books were you reading? Like that, were you reading like older books to them that, that you'd explain? Was it more like, you know, um, the, the age appropriate for them or what, what was that kind of, uh, some of both. I think, you know, part of the advantage of that, like my older daughter is, 
she wants to do things that are above her level. So we've read some you know, Charles Dickens together and things like that, that she couldn't read on her own. Um, yeah. So I, you, uh, you mentioned Charles, Charlotte Mason there, and I've, I've heard her name around and I, I kind of have a, a very vague idea of, of what she's about or what that, that looks like. Um, how, how deep do you, do you know that system? How, how well do you know that? Uh, enough that I can explain, I guess the basic idea of it is that it's, um, it's a narrative approach. So it kind of comes to the idea that children learn through telling stories and hearing stories. So it's, you know, mostly fairly anti-textbook. So instead of reading like a history textbook, you would read something by a single author who has a definite voice where, and we actually even have math books that are like that. We have um, a series of math textbooks called Life of Fred. Okay. That, yeah. I don't know. You may have heard of it, but it there's a character called Fred who's a teacher, and it tells sort of silly stories about him as it introduces mathematical concepts. Um, but there's no real – I mean, I'm sure some people do it with worksheets and things too, but the main part of it is just reading it out and then having children read it back to you and or not read it back to you but explain it back to you in their own words. To try to engage them creatively more instead of just sort of saying, you know, fill out the answers on this paper. Yeah, I, I it's tough sometimes, you know, because you like I used to teach and, and that's like been so ingrained that like there needs to be some sort of end product, you know, and, and that's not always the case. Yeah. You know? That uh. made me really nervous at first. I don't have the, the stack of papers they filled out and graded. But you know, I realized that I don't have 30 kids, you know, I've five, which is a lot for a homeschool, but I don't have, you know, a class of 30 kids. So, you know, like we were reading a book on ancient history and we'd say, you know, we learned about the construction of the first aqueducts or something. And I would ask them, you know, maybe the next day what they remember about that. And they would say it back to me. When you're only teaching a couple of kids, it's easy to tell if they learned something or not, you know, even if they don't, you know, go take the test or. Yeah, it, it is. And that's, that's one of the huge benefits of it, right? Is like you are able to build those connections to see that happening, you know, to, you can make that assessment on your own. Um, you know, that, that student to teacher ratio is, is, uh, <laughs> much lower, but, um, all right. So you, you got the, I see you got, you got a couple little ones running around there. How, uh, how do they do with the homeschool? Uh, they're, they come and grab people's books and steal pencils. They're very disruptive. I'll come around. Yeah. How, how do you guys, how do you guys work with that? Cause we, right now we, we have four, our, our youngest is, uh, he'll be four in August. Um, and he's just a wild man. He's just like, you know, um, tears it up all the time. And so it's, it's like a big issue, you know, and we're still trying to figure it out. Um, so I'm curious how you guys make it all, all happen. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a good answer for that. You know, you try to let them, you know, have something to do, some toys or let them eat as many snacks as they want or, you know, whatever you can to keep them occupied, but it's not easy. I guess to me, the, when I do the school, then my wife does it most of the time during the week, but when I'm doing it on my day off, you know, my kids always want to play games with me because they think it's exciting that dad's home that day. So my biggest struggle is keeping the, the older kids focused because they think it's, you know, playtime whenever I'm home. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. So you, do you, do you work like a four day shift or do you just have like a Saturday? Like right, right now I work five days a week though. I'm, I'm trying to, 
I think I, I think I told you before. I'm I'm in the process of moving to Indiana and getting a two-acre plot, where hopefully then I'll be working just part time. But right now I'm in full time work. Okay. All right. Yeah, because my my wife works like a four-day shift, um, and so you know she has Fridays off, and usually she will do the school on Friday. Um, and it's it's tricky sometimes to make that transition, you know, where the kids have gotten sort of used to how I do things and, and the way like we work together and then she comes in and wants to do it with them, tries to do it with them. And then there's always a little bit of butting heads, a little bit of, you know, um, do, do you see that at all with, with your guys? Do, I mean, do you guys flow fairly well trying to make that transition? I, don't know, I, I think so is because I do it with them less often. They're kind of excited to do to school with me because it's a novelty, whereas, you know, otherwise it's just their mom sort of asking them day after day to do the same sort of things. Um, I think sometimes they're better behaved for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys, um, are you still involved with the, the church? Oh yeah, we are very much. Do you use yeah. that as a, as a social outlet for the kids? Do you guys do anything school wise through the, through the church? They were doing uh, before everything got shut down for COVID. They were they were doing like a co-op one day a week, which was kind of interesting because the the other women who ran it, my wife didn't really like this about it, but um, the kids kind of did. The other women who ran it actually ran it like a classroom, so it's kind of kind of strange because it's the opposite of most homeschooling families I know run their home like a classroom, and then the co-op is sort of playtime with other kids. And ours was kind of the opposite, but the the whole life is fairly loose and to the co-op was like a class, but it's an interesting thing. Cause I really, I think like even for people that, that like fully embrace the unschooling sort of technique, um, when, when kids have like a little bit of structure sometimes, like I, I think they enjoy it. You know, I think to, to some degree, like it can be, and even if it's just something that's novel and that they don't experience all the time. So like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Like I kind of do this or that, but we've, uh, we're trying to, to figure some of that stuff out. Um, you know, cause like with everything shutting down, yeah, I you know, that, that varies. Seems like it varies a lot between other from kid to kid really. Even. Like my, my older daughter is very focused. So she actually, she likes it. If I, um, uh, if I give her a list of chores and homework assignments in the morning, she'll go and try to do it, you know, and get it all done before 10 o'clock so she can do whatever she wants the rest of the day. You know, but my, her younger sister, who's seven now, you know, she's just the opposite. You know, she has to do everything her own way on her own time. And the more, the more structure you try to give her, the the worse she does almost. So it's a interesting trying to deal with them both simultaneously. Yeah. It's, it is wild how different they can be, even, you know, from the, the same genetics, they just kind of can be miles apart are you guys planning on trying to homeschool them all the way through or i think so i mean we'll see when they get to high school they need some kind of more advanced teaching but i mean even a lot of that you can do online now or i know um, i know some friends have put their kids in you know community college courses so they already have college credit too we might consider something like that yeah that's and that's i don't know if that's something new or something that like i just wasn't aware of cause I wasn't involved, but like that, that amazes me that, that kids can dual enroll, you know, like you can have a, you know, 14, 15 year old kid taking 
college classes. Like why, why not? <laughs> You're living at home. It's so much cheaper. Like get that done now. And then, you know, you get out there and you can, I don't know, do it, do it all. But anyway, any, any thoughts, any, anything that you, I don't know, problems, any, any, anything you, you, you love or hate about homeschooling? It's kind of like, man, I don't know. It, it creates a lot of anxiety because I think no matter what you do, you always feel like you're doing it wrong. At least for me, <laughs> you know, if I'm, uh, if I'm too disciplined with it, then, you know, the kids are getting, you know, annoyed and they want more free time. And I feel like I'm being too harsh. And if I'm not enough, then I feel like, Oh no, I really need to be keeping them on track. You know, so <laughs> no matter which way I go, I always feel like I'm going the wrong way. It definitely creates anxiety. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're resilient. They're, they're resilient. So, and so we, uh, we're, we're Joined here by Eric's Eric's wife. You want to say? Yeah, say hey. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. No, all good, all good. So, you uh, you you do the. Oh, that's very kind. <laughs> do you, how how do you do you enjoy it every day, all the time? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It's I mean, it's our ideal. Um, I like how it fits in with just developing a rhythm of the home and really kind of just makes our family a cohesive unit instead of, you know, a major portion of our day being separated and, you know, disjointed from each other. Like homeschooling is just a natural extension of our family. You know, it's not... (sighs) So, no, I I appreciate that. that's yeah, just I such a different about us when we started because I, I think when I started homeschooling it's mostly because you know I I studied philosophy and all these things and sort of had like particular things I want my kids to learn or don't want them to learn and my my issues with going into homeschool are more based on the curriculum but I think that's true you probably had more of this idea of you know that it built up a good family culture you can give them the Away. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's interesting. So it's that that is so true, and then it just you know just the different different perspectives you know that you can bring into it. But uh, it is it is. You think about that and how much time, you know, you, we we our our youngest is going to go to preschool next year, the public preschool, and our youngest daughter went to the public preschool, and. It, it was a tough decision for us to make, you know, like we, our, our younger daughter went cause they were, she was still in foster care. So like we had to send her to say we couldn't keep her out. Um, you know, but like, it's, it's such a long day. And when you think about like all the time that like your children are, are spending with someone else that you may or may not know, probably don't know that well. Um, and you're, you're expecting them to, to do what's best for your kid all the time. And, uh, they they don't have that same outlook, that same caring and, and willingness to to provide that a, a parent would. Yeah, well, I guess the preschool they just come home at the end of the day, but then you think when they're in older grades, they're in school for however many hours, and then they have clubs, and then they have homework where they're some you know either directly or indirectly to school for the entire day. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's why you know, and that's I think for me when when we started that was like one of my biggest concerns i think was was like the clubs and the sports because that was always something that i did and was 
important for me and like I really enjoyed and it's all right. Don't worry about it. They're fine. Um, you know, and it's just, it's been, it's been wild. And, and to see that like there are, there are other outlets for them, um, to, to get involved and, and be involved with, with other kids and stuff. Um, do you guys do anything other outside of the, the co-op? They, they do classes like ballet classes and things through the park district. Um, you know, my, my oldest boy is three, but we might put him in, you know, you know, I've heard him in baseball or something when he's a little older. He's yeah. thought about it. Yeah. We're, we're contemplating, since we're moving now, um, they have a more active 4-H um, clubs in the area, and we certainly would like to explore all the possibilities that 4-H um, has for the kids. So, there's, I mean, there's lots of options. Yeah. The, the 4-H is a, a big one down here. 4-H and um, it's the other one, FFA, I think. And uh, one of them I'm in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Georgia. We, and I think FFA is, I think they can get into when they're a little bit younger, I think. I don't know, but you know, we've thought about, it. and I know a, a couple of kids around here that were homeschooled and um, like they spent a lot of time doing the 4-H stuff, you know, and all those things that everybody's like, Oh, you, you know, public school teaches you how to know, give a presentation and talk to people and do all this stuff. And like, there's all these things out there that exist how to sit at a cubicle all day. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, I've never had a job where I am in an office, so maybe that's part of why I don't like the idea of a school too. Yeah. It, you think about it. And even now going back, like we're, we're because we're, our, our youngest is going to be in public school next year. Like I think the decision is supposed to be in 10 days. They're going to decide and tell us all like what it's going to look like, you know, and it's some of the stuff they've thrown out there is like, ridiculous and scary and it's it really is just it it seems like you know this is this is how to be a good cog and um it's starting even lower now even younger now but yeah so my my boss when his his daughter was i think for kindergarten she had to go through and read with him a 20 page booklet on playground safety and he and her both had to sign each and every page it was like I will only go down the slide on my bottom facing forward. I will not climb up the slide. Uh, I think they weren't allowed to play tag because that could be perceived as inappropriate touching. Oh, goodness. And the, yeah, the kindergarten had to sign off on all of this. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's absolute, absolute craziness. It's, it's all taking place out there. But I don't know. You guys are, are talking about, I guess, so you are moving. Is that, is that for sure now? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have, we haven't closed yet, but we had we had an offer accepted. So nice. yeah, we're in, we're in the middle of the process of it. So we're we're exciting. in Chicago now. Then if everything goes according to plan, we'll be you know right over okay. in Indiana and you know somewhere that's I would say semi-rural. Like it's some of it's still ag- zoned agricultural, but some of it's housing developments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're technically incorporated into the city that we're moving into. Hopefully, moving into, um, but we're still on well and septic. We have the opportunity to. Uh, pipe into uh, their water and their septic or their sewer systems, but um, the area of the city that we're moving into is a bit more agricultural, um, which is kind of where our ideal is. So. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I lived in Brooklyn for a couple of years, and you know, it was, it was fun, and there's all the amenities and everything's there, but having, I, I just, 
having kids and maybe it's because, you know, where I grew up, but like, I can't imagine like raising kids in, in a city and how much, how much tougher that must be and stressful. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I will say Chicago does have a great, um, lots of great opportunities for the kids. Um, our taxes are incredibly high. Um, but it does provide a lot of city services at an extremely affordable price, um, for those kids. And, you know, our the opportunities that we had for extracurricular activities, I don't think we're going to be able to get in our new city, at least at the price point that we were receiving them at. Um, and, you know, we also were in an incredibly t- diverse area that the area that we're moving into is certainly not going to reflect um, right now. But yeah, it's but even still, it's all part of it. You know, and, and it's uh, when we, we lived in Vermont, you know, it was taxes were really high and then, you know, we came down here and we're in Georgia and it's, you know, so much, so much cheaper, but you know, you do, you lose some of those amenities, right? Like we don't have, we have one, one library really for the County. And when, where we lived in, in Vermont, there was lots of little tiny libraries, you know, and you know, the number of books that are there are probably all the same, but you know, they were more spread out, you know, and, and you lose some of those things, but at the same time, you know, it's more money in my pocket. And if I want to, you know, spend that on something else, I can. And it gives you the freedom of choosing whether or not you want to engage in those services. And if they don't have those services, you still have the opportunity. I mean, in our current, you know, technological abilities today, like it re- we really do have a lot at our fingertips that we can choose to engage with or not if our cities can't provide that. Right. I think also we just sort of realized that, especially we we weren't really big socialites even when we were without kids. But especially now we have the kids, it's like sure Chicago has great re- restaurants and things, but mm-hmm. how often do we do that? You know, we don't even go out to eat once a month. Right. Uh, you know, it doesn't. A lot of what the city offers, we're not going to take advantage of anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to go to the opera, but how often do I do that? <laughs> yeah, we we um, even now, you know, we'll. we'll go out well we'll think about going to get dinner someplace out and then it's like i don't know i don't know if it's worth the money to sit there and, and have someone throw a spoon across the restaurant and yell and scream yeah. and you know i'm just i, I don't right. know i could do or, that at or home pay, or then or then you can just pay somebody you know an hourly wage to watch your children at home while you take advantage of that, we're, you know? we're trying we're trying to uh trying to come to gross with that we're, we're never like Babysitters are like we we did once in a while, but never that much. And it's just like I, I don't know. I don't know why. It's not that we're like opposed to it, but it just seems so foreign and strange to us right now. We're like, ah. and we really should. We really need one. We really need a babysitter. We need <laughs> one. Never, we never. Yeah, we've always utilized family when 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 it's been available, um, which hasn't been that frequent. So therefore, we haven't gone out as much as we'd like. Um, but I've done some like family shares, but, um, nice. Good deal. Good deal. So, um, I don't know. I guess that's, that's we can wrap it up there. Um, I don't know, any place that you can go. I know you're, you're on Twitter. That's how I, I found you. I don't know if you want to share that or not, but, um, any, any place else I can go to find you anything else you're doing on the, the interwebs. No, that's me. I'm a, you know, poet regressive at, at Twitter. You know, you can read some of my poetry or someone to talk about libertarian stuff, but it's not really a political account. Yeah. 
Well, that's how we met. I think we were I yeah. just talking about police brutality one time or something. <laughs> yeah, something, something like that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I'll put that in the, the show notes. And yeah, I, I try to try to keep it. Uh, I don't know, liberty oriented, but not necessarily um, anything shoved down your throat. If you think those ideas are interesting and you're not sure about them, there's there's places to go, and hopefully you find people from here that you can go look into. But, um, I don't know. So good good luck with your your move and everything, and thank you guys for your time. For the oh, not not in, not in detail. We must be not about quite. It. Well. <laughs> guys i hope you enjoyed that little interview with mr eric and his wife talking about their their homeschool experience we did talk a little bit longer about their uh conversion to catholicism and and how that kind of plays into their homeschool routine plays into their politics and and that sort of stuff um good good conversation enjoyable conversation and you can get access to that by going to patreon.com slash the liberty hippie and uh yeah you get access to all the bonus content that uh, is out there some merchandise like uh stickers maybe shirts uh, and of course some some seeds that i've been saving from my garden that i will send to you so you can grow in your garden for the last few months here i've been telling you guys all to go to discord and sign up for the discord server i'm going to tell you uh, not to do that. For the first time in my life, I have picked up a, a ban. They actually nuked my entire account. So I am no longer over there on Discord. I sort of am, but I, I have no, no one in the, uh, the Homestead at Homeschool forum has admin privileges. So it's kind of like, huh? And, uh, you know, I, I got, uh, I got banned. I got banned. I, I'm not sure why. You know, you guys all hear me week in, week out. Um, not an angry person, not a hateful person. I don't incite violence. I don't incite incite any sort of hate or bullying. But apparently, Discord does not feel that way and uh, sent me a nice little email telling me that I did. And by doing so, I violated the terms of service. I asked why. You know, give me give me the reasons. Show me it. What did I do? What did I say? I, I need to know. And I have received silence. So uh, I moved. I moved. Um, it's just not worth it. You know, if, if a company wants to take you off their platform um, and not tell you why, uh, well, I'll, I'll go elsewhere. So I find myself over on Keybase. And Keybase is it's a lot like Discord in the um, functionality user interface. And uh, I like it a little bit more. It's encrypted. Uh, there's some crypto wrapped in there if you're interested in, in that end of things. And I think you guys all should check it out and get involved. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. You can... Uh, Go figure that out. Uh, it's it's a good place to be. Good place to be. A lot of the same folks migrated over, and uh, yeah, go go do that. Go do that. Keybase. And I think that's that's all for this week. Come back next week, and I'll be here again, tickling your ears, making you smile, making you frown, whatever it is I make you do. Just remember, folks, get out there so those seeds of liberty can all reap sheaves of freedom together. Dream. I'm gonna ride us this dream.